The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you. As together, we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Positive Talk Radio. It is Wednesday, and it is drive time in Seattle. So if you're sitting in your car doing absolutely nothing because you can't go anywhere, just stay right where you're at because we've got a great show for you today. First, I'd like to introduce uh, a recurring member of the team. His name is Reverend Rob Lee, and uh, we've got an important announcement to make. And we're going to make that uh, near the end of the show. So I want you to hang around the entire time because we've got a great guest. Uh, But Reverend Rob, how are you? I am awesome. Bangerang, everybody. What you put out is what you get back. Hope everybody's doing well. But if I was any better right now, I'd be twins. So uh, And you are twins because you and I happen to look a great deal alike. A little bit. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. And uh, we're going to get we're going to get right into it. And like I said, near the end of the show, we're going to have an opportunity to talk about some of the things we've got going on with Positive Talk Radio that are really quite exciting. And I'm really in we're really going to have a good time with it. I hope that you'll share in that. But today we've got a great guest. He is an actor. He is a producer, he is a director, he is a writer. His name is Christopher Logan. He's been an actor in in little films such as Connie and Carla, Saving Silverman, Tron Legacy, Tron Legacy, Cold Pursuit and the relaunch of do 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 the X-Files, one of my favorite. And he is now uh, writing, producing and directing. He's won best screenplay for his script Curry, I think it's Curry and the Girl, which premieres on in the Vancouver International Film Festival and the San Diego International Film Festival this October. His shorts Moon Boy and Thoughts and Prayers have won numerous awards and I'm looking forward to him at one point in time going down the red carpet and to win an award because he is a he's a tremendously talented actor writer director and he's right here with us right now christopher how are you i'm good thank you so much for that lovely introduction i I think it's just great to be with you both and reverend rob i'm glad you feel like twins because i'm a gemini so it makes me feel right at home there we go. You know, I I don't want to wish that on you looking like us, but uh, you know, there we go. I'm looking at you know, uh, and the hair, dude. I've already got a man crush. You know, it's one of those things. It's like you know, it's people. What a beautiful human being, literally. So you know, congratulations. You know that. Just I hope you have that hair when you're my age. I really do. I think every interview should start this way. <laughs> It's the best way to set the tone for anything. I swear to God. (laughs) And, and, you know, we talked before, and one of the things that you are really well known for is that you get killed off in a lot of the movies that you're in. Wow. 
I do. I actually auditioned for three different parts in the last month that will also end up with me dying if I get them. But I do have, I used to have a demo reel that was like the man of a thousand deaths. It was just screams and deaths and being sucked out of a space hatch or run over by a train or killed by a gangbanger or stabbed in the head. Or, or Yeah, it's, it, was, it was a little insane for a while. There was a period about, uh, I'll go back about 10 years. There's a period about 10 years ago where I always had a different accent a dramatic death and then theme music would play and for the next 45 minutes two people would try to figure out what happened to me <laughs> so, so you I got a question for you yeah is that what we call typecasting can you get typecasted into he does a great death scene that's the thing i actually thought for a while i would recut my demo tape with all these deaths to make it you, you know you're showcasing what you do but then you end up getting cast again for all these deaths. So I, I, you can get stuck in a loop with that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got stuck in a dying role four times. It's called marriage. You know, it, you know well, three times. Oh, baby, I know you're listening. I, I, I'm in three. I'm in did three. Did marriage die or did you die during those things? I don't, I think. <laughs> it's, 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 it's fascinating to talk to somebody that has been on the inside of how movies work and you know you taught me something the first time that we talked that i had no idea about because i asked you you know movies are not shot since quit since they're not shot all in the row like like say the word sequentially thank you so much (laughs) thank you sequence thank you dr reverend rob i appreciate the help (laughs) Ideally, ideally you'd love to do that, but it depends on the availability of the actors, the availability of the locations, um, what's the easiest to shoot. Sometimes there's one one big day where there's a blizzard and you're going to shoot all your snow stuff that day. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and you were telling me that there's actually somebody on staff whose job it is to look at the, the acting that you're doing because you may be playing a, a, a scene from the latter part of the movie in the first day, days of shooting, and they, they coach you and guide you in the direction that the character is going to be taking over, that, over the course of that movie. Is that, is that a fair analysis? Yeah, it is actually. For larger, for, for television series and stuff, there's entire continuity departments that, that are dedicated to making sure that everything is lining up as it's supposed to. But on every single movie, on every single show, there are these brilliant A-type personalities with these brilliant brains called script supervisors. And script supervisors will take copious notes of every single camera that was used, every single lens that was used, what was said, what was done, what was in what hand when the actor was saying which lines. So that if you have to go back and reshoot something a month later, you know exactly where they were coming from, what they were doing, if it's going to line up, if the shot was uh, from left to right or right to left in the way that it moved. The, the amount of notes, the amount of things they put down is like watching a stenographer on acid. It's just crazy. And I don't think anyone could really read those first notes except them, but they print out these reports that are just gold for any filmmaker. Like, like the big boys know it, but I want the independent film people to start embracing script supervisors because those are the things that help you get your, your game to another level, help you make your film look more polished, more professional, and not fall into the traps that a lot of indie films fall into sometimes by having continuity errors or the lighting changes from day to night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or, or they're eating something in their right hand and then suddenly it's in their left hand and, yeah. it's, you know, and that kind of thing. 
There's a th- I've been wa- I've watched a couple things on I, I think on Amazon Prime and and they have a little thing on there where the actors in the scene their headshots will pop up while you're watching the show and you and they'll tell you where there's continuity goofs and things it's there's little trivia things that come across the screen if you want to take a look so it's quite a fascinating thing to see how many things actually get through when there's so many people paying attention and an entire department paying attention to it but it's it's it's, it's, it's just incredible brains that the script supervisors have, and I give them more props than I could ever, ever, ever physically do in my lifetime. You know, it's amazing. You would think that there would be a category at the, at the uh, Oscars um, for something like that. Yeah, we don't talk about which categories at the Oscars are <laughs> for which things we say. We just steer clear of that. <laughs> well, you know. Well put, sir. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But, Easy out. There we go. I don't remember who said it, but it was a quote that was going around last year that Brad Pitt was nominated for playing a stuntman, but you still couldn't win an award for being a stuntman. (laughs) That's, that's, that's gotta be tough. And that's gotta be tough. So what did you, since I, since I've got you and you probably watched the Oscars, what did you think of that particular show? Um, to be honest, I didn't sit down and watch this year. I am one of these people who has completely fallen into Netflix and streaming services and not having live TV and watching when I want to. My um, man. All right. I'm the right more, there with you. The more I've gotten into to filmmaking, the less I've watched things right when they come out. I've been wanting to watch it alone on my own when I don't have the hype and I don't have the, the reporters in my ear telling me what to think about something. I want to have a little private moment with that film and see what I actually feel about it. So I do tend to watch things a little later. I'm a little behind the ball with that. Um, But with the moments and things that happened on the Oscars, I'll just say that one person handled themselves very, very well. And I will just leave it at that. Agreed. Agreed. I think, I think that that's an appropriate place to leave it because you could go down a rabbit hole if you wanted to. Well, yeah, well, let's dig out of the rabbit hole where I'm slamming our industry and go into the more positive. (laughs) Yeah. But let's look at this. I, you know, my thing is what, what really amazes me is the director part, but the part that gets forgotten so much is the writer part. And you're diving into that whole, really both ends of that thing. And, you know what how do you start with the writing i mean my god you get this whole vision in your head or whatnot that amazes me to be able to get that succinctly done for a film because it's not like writing my memoirs you know it's got to be a different writing thing altogether right yeah i gotta say it's different for everyone where the idea comes from and how it lands you because everybody has a story they want to tell but the real work with a writer is actually finding a method that works for you to be able to get it out on a page the way that other people can see it. That's the hard part. To write, like for, for myself, I tend to write a reading script, like something that reads at the same pace as the film, so that someone can read it and not be interrupted by large amounts of, of descriptive passages and things like that during an action sequence or something. And then when you go to a shooting script, you'll fine tune some stuff and it'll be a little more m- mechanical and functional because you're actually gonna be shooting it at that point. But for the first bit, where people have to attach to the script and attach to the story and feel it and see it, it's very important to have really quick, short, impactful phrases that don't interrupt the action, don't interrupt the dialogue, and keep things moving at the same pace as the movie, which is generally about a page a minute. So how, oh, detail, 
how detailed is the screenplay? Because you've got blocking and you've got visuals and you've got th- how is it is it that detailed or is it up to the director to kind of uh, make that? All it's that? it's quite detailed, but it's not like locked in. There's all sorts of different types of writing, and some people write very very descriptive way, descriptive ways of doing things. They hammer everything down to the point to the. I, I saw David Mamet film script once where it was hammered down to the point of view of the character and what's being filmed at what time in the screenplay. Um, but the director's there to actually, if the director's doing that project, they've connected with the script and it's their job and their goal to fulfill the writer's vision and to bring it along. So whatever was there in the script has to be brought to the surface with all these characters and props and costumes and lighting and and the direction and the director is the one voice that makes sure everything's unified and that it's going in the right direction, you know? So a director really shouldn't be, and I, I know there'd probably be a huge argument over this, you know, but when he takes somebody's script, he really needs to try, or he or she needs to try to go more for what, the writer was looking for rather than their own vision of this or is that a delicate merging because i could see some egos really coming into play here there's all different ways to do it to be honest because one director could take a script and see something in it that the writer didn't intend and come up with something that's amazing that neither one of them by themselves would come up with like the sum is greater than the parts but uh, for me, in general, it's if the writer's done their job well, they've gotten their feeling on the page, that what, what the feeling of the tone is of the piece and how it should play out. And it's for the director to carry that through and bring that to the surface. It's an interesting concept because it, how often does a director and the writer come into conflict because they have a different vision of the same piece of material? The thing with the thing with film and pre-production is there's so many meetings and so many discussions that those fights happen a long time before you start filming. Ah, okay. <laughs> those, those you t- you like when when we did when we did Kiri and the Girl, we had um, it's a short film about 20 minutes, and we had a day where we uh, my my director Grace Dove, Sterling Bancroft, our, our cinematographer, our director of photography, and our producers Ken Shapkin, Kiri Gein, and myself sat down and we're ripping through the script because we had a 26-page script and we wanted to get down to about 19 or 20 pages to make the pace happen better, to make everything flow a little better. And when you're going through that, the amount of talk and questions and ideas going back and forth and back and forth about, do we need this? Why do we need this? Is this important? Where does this lead to? For every single piece, like someone picks up a cup. Is it important that they pick up the cup? Does it need to be that cup? Like the amount of discussions will drive you absolutely crazy while you're doing it, but you do end up with a tight focused piece at the end. Um, And being the writer of that piece, I was so happy to be in that room and that they were all actually asking me rather than telling me. So that was good. We were all friends. (laughs) And that's, you know, that's amazing to me because when you think about, you know, you don't even think about the time aspect, you know? So yeah, if you're trying to do this and you're saying our project is going to be this long, but we got this much material, that's got to be tough to start cutting that down. So I guess it's like a vision board that's getting updated for days before we ever pick up a camera oh it's it's constant revisions constant changes i mean a a general feature script is going to go from 80 pages to 120 in general just for a two-hour film and stuff like that and but when it comes down to it you've got on the other end distributors that want a film to land at a certain 
certain piece. It has to be under two hours to work on a certain platform. Things have opened up with streaming services because they'll they'll put things on that are like 137 minutes on one in one thing and 158 in another. Even uh, like the last season of Game of Thrones, every episode was a different length because they didn't care at that point because people are tuning in to watch that specifically and there's not different commercial lengths that they have to adjust for and stuff and it was already popular. But there's a lot of adjustments along the way with every single thing in film. It's not, how do I put it? It's not finished until it's finished. I, I, I got to ask you, you've been, you're an actor of note. You've been in some major productions. How many times have you ended up on the cutting room floor? Oh, a lot, a lot. I mean, there's a period where I was doing um, a lot of, de- I was getting some decent parts in films. And then I had a period where I was just, it was right after I stopped dying a lot with a thick accent. <laughs> I, I kept getting these parts where I was right with the lead actor doing a small bit with the lead actor, which is fine. But because I'm doing the small bit, every time I speak, they would be cutting to the reaction of the lead actor. And then I couldn't update my demo tape. So it never looked like I actually spoke good English. <laughs> I couldn't get, I could, I was wow. so wanting a bunch of parts where I spoke without a thick Indian accent or thick Israeli accent or something. So I could start booking more of those parts but I could never get it because those parts were filmed focused on the lead actor. Now, did you have a dialogue coach that helped you with those accents or is that something you came by naturally? Um, I haven't personally, there are dialogue coaches always available and they're great. I worked with Gail Ross, who is, um, do you know the movies uh, Pleasantville and Big and Dave? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those were written by Gary Ross. This was his mother. <laughs> Oh, wow. an actress and a teacher at the Stella Adler Academy where I went in the mid 90s and she was a grand woman and she was very big on dialects and accents and I studied with her for about a year oh that that is really cool uh Rob you got a question yeah I mean that was you kind of went down my path because I you know at one point I really wanted to do like some voiceover work things like that or whatnot I had no clue what to do or anything like that. So it kind of just waned. And now I'm with another old guy doing uh, positive talk radio. It's, you know, so that dialect, by the way, (laughs) that whole talking in a different language, like it amazed me the first time I heard some actors that I thought were American actors, because I didn't research it. I just went to the movies. And next thing I know, I'm hearing them, and they've got a complete Irish brogue or whatever. And I'm like, damn, how do you get that out and get into such a pure, complete different accent? I got to say, sometimes the key is the fact that those of us watching don't know what the real accent is. I mean, to be honest, we're not experts on these things. It's the conviction of the person playing the part, whether it's plausible and believable. And for with accents, I would say that a lot of time it's mostly a few key words and the cadence and the rhythm. You know, um, I remember I had a book on accents once ages ago that talked about where it was placed in the voice. When you're doing Middle Eastern things, it was very thick in the back of the throat and the British would talk through the, through the teeth in the front. And it was a way of feeling it in your, in your face because you couldn't actually hear yourself. Um, but you would do that and you would mix it with the, the rhythm of speaking faster or speaking slower or leaning into a Southern draw, you know, like different kind of things. Not that me as an Indian looking man would ever get a Southern part, but we can help. Why not? <laughs> Hail. <laughs> Jambalaya. There, there we go. There we go. So I had a question and whoop, out it went. There you go. <laughs> 
You know, it's by the way, we're talking with Christopher Logan. He is an actor of note. He's got several projects that are going to be in film festivals up and down the coast, and he's he's been already awarded, you know, nominated for things that haven't even come out yet. How does that happen, by the way? I, I should mention, actually, Carrie and the Girl, our last film that did the festival circuit, uh, premiered at the Vancouver Film Festival last year. Um, and has just been asked by the Vancouver International Film Festival to be part of their permanent exhibit. They have a, an exhibit in town, the VIF Center, and from May till July, we're going to be one of the feature films showcased there this year. Um, and that film, Curing the Girl, is also going to be available on Google Play and on Apple TV and iTunes as of the 11th of uh, April. That's pretty big. Um, yeah. I remembered my question. <laughs> I want to know, I like to ask different questions. I don't know, maybe I'm not, but... With what you do, you're living a life that people, the majority of people only dream about. What I would like to know, what is the favorite part, not, not role, <clears throat> the favorite part of your life? Oh, um, you mean not the character that you played, but the experience filming it? No, you, your life, your What's the best part, of Chris? What's the favorite part of being Christopher Logan? See, that's that's the horrible thing to me because my my favorite word in the world is next. Okay. <laughs> I always lo I love variety. I love that everything's always changing constantly. I love that you'll go and do a horror flick, and then you'll be on a mountaintop with Liam Neeson shooting Cold Pursuit, and then you'll be playing a drag queen in Connie Carla. You like you'll be doing all these different things that don't add up to something like that. Um, who don't follow a normal pattern. And so everything is more exciting than the next. It's always a new excitement. It's always a new experience. It's you're always thrown off your game and you have to be challenged to be able to be able to find it, your footing and do it. And I kind of like that part of it, but I guess I'll, if you ask me my favorite thing, my favorite thing is whatever comes next. I love that. That's that, that's, that's really cool. Now I do have to ask you because somebody in our audience is asking me to ask you oh. in that, you know, we get a persona of what people are like because of how they are in front of the camera. And some people are not anywhere near like that. And did you have any misconceptions about uh, like a big star that you got to be around that, that you thought was a dynamic, wonderful individual and turned out to be not quite so or the other way around? Um, I've got to say, I've, I mean... I've had some lovely experiences with some people who were uh, known, known faces and known celebrities and stuff, but there's nothing that was that far off the mark from who I thought they were. Um, I had a lovely experience. I met Sandra Oh at a premiere and she was very, very sweet and very nice to me. And she's always been a benchmark in the sand for me because I'm an ethnic actor from Ottawa who was getting cast in regular parts, not always the ethnic guy. And she was an actress who was from Ottawa, my hometown, and doing the same thing. And she was a little ahead of me in making a name for herself. So she was always my benchmark in the sand. And I met her at a premiere for a movie in LA. And when I mentioned I was from Ottawa, we started chatting and talking. And she was beyond nice and beyond sweet and beyond down to earth. Um, and another one was, I met Debbie Reynolds when we did Connie and Carla. And she was just enough of a very nice woman and down to earth and just the grand dam you grew up wanting her to be at the same time. So um, there wasn't any big um, in your face moments of someone doing it, but when like a lot of these people you'd see on set, I'm not hanging out with them in their private life all the time and stuff like that. So there's, there's that persona as well. You're seeing people at work as well. And by the way, I just would like to 
mention that uh, for those of you who may not be um, a little older, um, Debbie Reynolds is a <laughs> Hollywood legend, and though she's got a, she's on the Hall of Fame. She's been she's been around since the '30s and '40s. She did some great work with Jimmy Stewart. Jamie Stewart and and those people and she she's wow. an if you want to talk about an icon that is the epitome of an icon and you told me a story about her about what she did for for the cast and crew tell us that story uh, when we were doing Connie and Carla she had her assistant go around and get a list of names and things because rather than have anyone be embarrassed to ask she just went ahead and got signed autographs for all our mothers our parents for anybody who asked. Um, it was quite, quite lovely. She also actually, in between takes, would, we were doing a lot of bar scenes where the drag queens, the performers were on stage, so there was an entire audience of extras. And she would stand on stage and entertain people in between takes, telling the raunchiest jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a bit of a surprise. Well, I bet it was. <laughs> it, it, that, it truly was. That would be. But, but you know, that's, it, 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 do you foresee yourself being that kind of icon down the road is that your goal or do you would you rather be a director I, or a writer i don't think so to be honest i'm very connected to the writing thing at the moment um and i'm very much about making the next story happen um but i'm in this middle bit of a crossroads where i'm trying like with interviews like this and with the, the film festival and producing sunday shorts this this summer i'm trying to put myself forward a little more because i tend to push the project forward and not myself so i'm in, I'm in the middle of trying to figure that part out but I, I've never actually I'm an actor and I've always been an actor but I've never said the words I want to be famous I've never had that goal of being a celebrity I, I want to be in something classic and I'd love to be as an actor in something classic or to produce a film that touches a lot of people um, and now I've written a film that we're going to try to produce at the end of the year which I'm very hopeful might be that project but um I, I think it's about reputation and merit and earning people's trust and more than actually just being famous if that makes sense it Absolutely. does to me and what i'm hearing you say is and it's something i preach to people all the time it's not so much what you're trying to get out of it but having fun doing what you're doing yes. enjoying it right now and you will be the best at it and 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 christopher i think you are a model for people to understand i deal with people all the time that can't take change the thing that i the thing that i always say to younger actors starting out is you have to actually enjoy the experience of auditioning the chaos of it the uncertainty of it you have to enjoy it when you don't get the part you know like you have to enjoy the actual experience of the audition not just the outcome of booking the job because you're going to be doing that most of your life and there's a lot of people who just are in it for the end goal and those are the people that end up a little bitter and a little unhappy you have to you have to be in it for the right reasons because it's what suits you. I mean, not because you want to be famous or not because you want to um, be recognized for something. You have to do it because it actually suits who you are on a daily basis. It's your personality. And when you and when you are auditioning auditioning for a part, uh, it's all based upon the look that the director has in mind, and it may be a round peg in a square hole, and it just isn't going to work no matter what you do. 
I, I got to say, lately, I've graduated to become a bit of the wild card in Vancouver. Like, we're, we're more of a service industry for a lot of American films and American TV shows. So we're not up for a lot of the larger roles. You're up for the, you're up for the, the day player roles or the guy, well, like I said, the guy who gets killed off in the beginning. <laughs> right? But um, a lot of times I'm the wild card, meaning I'll go in and there's like nine blonde women who are up for the part of the architect. Then I'm the gay guy. You know, or there's seven Asian men in me or five black guys in me or there's like I'm the I'm the the round peg and they, they were looking for a square hole. I might have confused that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm always going up against people I don't look like. And you get those parts less often because you're the unexpected choice, but they are more interesting parts. So it does feed feed into my my wants and my need to like the next interesting thing. So are you getting to the point in your career? And I'm sorry, Rob, go ahead. No, that's all right. So a buddy of mine, in talking about that, a buddy of mine, um, I haven't seen him in years, uh, was very big into doing local theater and whatnot. And uh, he had this great baritone voice. Um, and we used to sing together sometimes. And he was asking me or wanting me to kind of start experimenting in that area. But he was like, so I was looking at these different plays and it was, you know, I was looking at music from the plays, like, don't do anything from the play because that director may already have something cast in his head, but your voice will fit. Would that ring true with what you're saying? It's like when you're auditioning. I believe so. Yeah. I believe okay. so. I think especially like some, there's different schools of thought on it, but I believe if you dress up as a cop to audition for a cop, you're showing how much you're not a cop. All the things that are not the cop they had in mind are going to stand out for them. Right. You know, like you can give a you wear a blue shirt or look a little masculine or whatever you think suit the tone of it. Don't give them. Don't try to give it to them exactly because ah. you don't know what they want exactly. When you're auditioning, you have a couple pages of dialogue and twelve hours to learn it. You don't have a lot of information. You don't have the full script. You don't know what's going through the director's mind. You have a little blurb saying. Uh, this person is fiercely proud of their wife and def will defend her to the death. That's it. You know, um, you don't know the rest. So everything that you're coming up with your mind, if you make it very solid, it's one, it's hard to change on the fly. If they give you feedback and say, Hey, we need you to make it bigger or we need you to, Oh, maybe you didn't know this is a comedy, <laughs> you know, <So laughs> that kind of thing. Right. So you can't nail it down too much and it, you have to be open and, ready to change on the fly with that kind of thing. It helps a lot. And by the way, we've been talking with uh, Christopher Logan, and if you want to get in contact with him, if you want him to star in your big-budget movie, how did they get in contact with you, Christopher? Uh, anyone can contact me on, on Instagram at Sunday Shorts Vancouver or uh, Moon Children Films, which is where we're doing our Curie and the Girl film uh, publicity. Um, and just get me a note through there or on Facebook at Sunday Shorts or on our website, it's ChristopherLoganProductions.com. Now, we're going to have to let you go because you've got another important appointment that you need to do, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell a young actor that is looking to get into the field something real quick on what you would suggest they do. Um, I would say, like, I know the Vancouver scene more than anything. And I would say the first thing you do is you start taking audition on camera classes just to get used to it. And then you start studying and fix it along the way. Uh, I believe in the methods. Um, in, the, in the 1930s, there was a group theater that came up with different methods of acting. Stella Adler, Lee Strasberg, Stan Meisner. Look them up. Read a book on each. Whichever one you happen to do naturally, which seems like common sense, like, why am I even studying this? This is common sense to me. 
that's what you should study because that's fine tuning your natural instincts and not teaching a fish how to ride a bicycle. Makes sense. Rob, anything else? Does make sense. Anything else, Rob? No, I'm you know, I just want to say thank you. I really do. Um, It's nice to meet somebody with the joy in today's day and age to just be here. And, and enjoy your life and enjoy what you're doing. So thank you very much. I appreciate that very much, but I feel like I'm being congratulated on not being depressed. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea about what I do outside okay. of here. Okay. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, then, and we're going to let you go, but just, just remember, when you walk down the red carpet, you have to come back on this show again. I would love to. I love you guys. It's great to see twins that get along. <laughs> Again, we didn't even know each other a week ago. I know. (laughs) I know. So many men. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been talking with Christopher Logan and uh, look him up. Go online and you can find all about him and his his work. And then go see some of the films at the film festival. Film festivals are fun. You should go do that. Um, There's there's one in Seattle. I think they're going to restart it again this year, I hope. Um, So, Christopher, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you so much, Reverend Rob. You're welcome. Have a good one. Nice so, Reverend Rob, that was fun, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. I love what we do. How many people, like I was talking to, to Christopher, how many people get to do what they love? And that's a shame that we don't have more people in this world doing what they love. You need to reach out. And you know what? Here we are, you know, two senior citizens. Hey, 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 to, hey. Close to Social Security, you know, and and... We're doing what we love. It's a yeah. wow, you know. Wow. You know, in the in the in the last twenty years, I've got to the opportunity and the good fortune to talk to some of the most dynamic people I've ever met on the planet, and uh, you know, you know, people like Neil Donald Walsh and Gary Zukoff and John Edward and a guy by the name of Christopher Logan, another guy by the name of Reverend Rob Lee. I I I, I have got such it's it's such a beautiful thing and it's it's so great as a matter of fact i promised at the beginning of the show that we would talk about some announcements that we're going to make and i said that we'd talk to about when christopher had to go and so i want to invite my new partner rob uh, reverend rob to talk about what's what's happening with positive talk radio man so much and again i want to thank uh, Bruce Kaler for introducing us. You'll see, you know, y'all are going to get to meet him at some point. Okay. And it was a thing that he, he helps me in a lot of stuff. And he said, sit Kevin an email. I'm an associate of the Reverend Robs and boom. And the first time we clicked go for those of y'all in the radio audience, you gotta go to positive talk radio and look at one of our videos. The fact that it is my wife walked in the room and was like, Oh my God, there's two of them. And, uh, you know, never met. And I have people every time, but once they say it, they're like, y'all need to do a DNA thing, you know, but positive talk radio. That's what I'm all about. I started tarot with an attitude in the midst of all the crap to give people a place to come not talk about certain things and to heal. And that fell right in with you. And Kevin, you and I have just kind of fallen into a whole thing. So we are going to start bringing Tarot with an Attitude and Positive Talk Radio together under the Positive Talk Radio umbrella. And I am 
so excited. We are going to do, well, everybody knows that, well, I guess I can't say that because if everybody knew they'd be tuning in more often, but, uh, the people, the people that, that, that know, I know that I've been doing positive talk radio for 18 years, uh, often on that I've had. And, but now we have a video cast, we've got a podcast, we have the radio show on KKNW and we are going to extend that. And starting this Monday, the 11th, um, Reverend Rob has consented that we are going to do two hours a day, four days a week. It may end up being five. We'll see. But right now it's Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channels, which is a video uh, audio channel, and it will be uh, Tara with an attitude and also Positive Talk Radio. We've got a bunch of guests. Rob's going to do some readings. As a matter of fact, he's going to be on Positive Talk Radio, not this. Well, he's he's actually going to be here every day, but we're going to focus on him and his reading uh, and his tarot card reading. As a matter of fact, you know, we got a little bit of time, and we might as well make Eric go to work a little bit. And if okay. you'd like, if you'd like to talk to Rob Lee, or Reverend Rob Lee, about uh, and get a real quick tarot card reading, you can do that while we're talking at four two five, three seven three five five two seven, or eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine. He is. I've been around the block a couple of times, and he is one of the best uh, readers I've ever, ever seen so he's very quick he's, he's very accurate and uh, so if you got a got a moment and you're sitting in traffic call that number 425-373-5527 ask him a question and he'll do a little bit of a reading for you and for everybody that's on my side of the country because we've got seattle represented with kevin and i am right here in good old florida okay uh that would be five to seven p.m for those of us that have trouble with the math, okay? <laughs> and, and and then what nights are we doing uh, KK and W following up right after that? On Wednesday night at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, we will go right from Positive Talk Radio, the podcast, to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 a.m. Yeah, so everybody, make sure you're going to 1150KKNW, hitting that listen up in the top left. There's a little drop down, and it says listen on live. If my barefoot bangerang trig is out there, go hit that button, bring it down, and bookmark that site because Kevin and I are going to be having a ball, and you don't want to miss it. We will be doing tarot readings. We'll be doing tarot readings for our guests. And if you want to call in, Love to call in. I love doing my tarot readings and finding out what's going on. But just for my new people, expect a little bit of attitude. That's what we do. That's how I give it. I don't cut any corners. And because we're live on the air on AM, I do try to keep it clean. Well, you, you better or you won't be on AM. <laughs> exactly. Eric's got a magic finger. To be able to hear it. Yes, Eric's got a magic finger and is a seven-second delay, and so he'll 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 clean up your language for you, whether you want him to or not. <laughs> Real, hey, I've been doing pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah. No, no having to be cut out or anything else. But uh, also, too, I sent a thing out on my uh, my residential neighborhood. I don't know if I should say it out loud or not. I don't know if they want me to or not. But Heritage Isles in uh, 
Vieira, Florida. Thank you for, for checking in. We're right here together. We're enjoying the weather. Let's have a good time. So if you want to, this is a good place and tarot with an attitude.com is another place you can find me. That's that's right. And welcome to geriatric radio. Just the, just for us. <laughs> that's, and this is positive talk radio. And, uh, and like I said, we've got, we've got a brand new thing that I, Oh, and Oh, 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 and there's more. Oh, and it keeps, and the hits keep on coming. Yeah. On, on uh, Monday, we will be doing uh, positive talk radio two hours a day and if you're in, on the west coast it's uh two to four if you're on the east coast it's five to seven and we also will be able to take your calls uh yes. which is new and it's something that is not done on youtube that that, that you can run a full scale full on uh two hour live radio show with guests with segments with and and your calls so you can actually participate with us during the course of the show i'm very excited about that yeah and folks i I, just so you understand what we're talking about here is you don't have to be on the radio or anything else this is youtube we're talking about being on youtube on two or three different channels and you will be able to call in while you're listening to us live on youtube and be part of this merry mess whatever we want to call it but i guarantee you we'll have a lot of fun that's just awesome i can't believe we're kind of breaking ground here on that kevin i haven't seen anybody do that before have you i haven't either i haven't either well you know and i, and I gotta tell you uh, reverend rob when we first met and uh, we were talking about maybe doing a few things together and then um I have always, when, when I did Positive Talk Radio back in, in the day in 2003, by the way, one of our guests from uh, a couple of days ago, she actually referenced that to a friend of hers and said, I remember that show. It was a great show in, in, back in the day. And in any event, so we started talking, and I said, you know, it's always been my dream to go back to doing what I was doing on Positive Talk Radio in 2003, and that is to do two hours a day, five days a week. I got talked out of five, but I'm going to stick with four for the moment. But uh, um, um, but it is so exciting to be able to have all kinds of guests and all kinds of people that we're going to talk to amongst and ourselves because, you know, we've I've learned a lot over the last, you know, bunch of years and so have you and uh, we're going to do a bunch of really cool stuff together one of which is we're going to change the english language did you know that no i did not you're going to have to explain that one to me because people say i do that already especially when i get into my southern accent well (laughs) i i'm known for massacring the english language but in in this case what we're going to do is we're going to be on a mission because uh i looked up the word bangerang and 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 in 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 that word it has actually a jamaican influence from and and steven spielberg took that word and used it as a battle cry for the lost boys in the movie hook with robin williams if anybody remembers that so and there are two different um um uh, definitions to it we're going to go and we're going to add the third definition which is bangerang rob go what is it bangerang what you put out you get back and if you think about the movie hook that's exactly where i found it when it first comes out though 
is when him, when uh, Robin Williams, Peter Pan, and Rufio are sitting at a table and they start exchanging barbs back and forth. And if somebody threw a good barb out and somebody retaliated with an even better barb, it was bangerang. So what you put out, you get back. And that's where we come up with, come on, be a part, the barefoot bangerang tribe. We get grounded. We, we get grateful, gratitude, and we yell bangerang to remember that what we put out is what we get back. And in that, we can find our wings and we can fly. That's one of those things. It's happiness. It's positivity. Remember that. Yell bangerang at the top of your lungs because at some point, it's a way to remind yourself, what am I putting out to the universe? What am I going to get back? It's all part of uh, the law of attraction. It's the secret. It's all of those things rolled up into, into one thing because you're right. What you put out, if you put out positivity and you put out positive energy, you're going to get positive energy back. If you put out negative energy, guess what you get back? It's just really that simple. And that's what I like working with people about is understanding. And so many times we put out negativity without even realizing we're doing it and small things we say and i was working with somebody the other day and we were talking about i believe i told you about this somebody that said all i want to do is be able to pay my bills we've been trained for that concept all right but that's not all i want to do i want to go to paris i want to go to london I, I want to keep myself a new cars. I want to be in the place where I'm at, the beautiful place that I live. So no, that's not all I want. And we open up that universal energy to say, I want to thrive. And we're not taught to say, I want to thrive anymore. And we have to do that. And a lot of that falls on us and changing the way we think and actually the way we speak. Speaking of which, there's one saying that I wish everybody would kind of get away from. And this is this is just me speaking, but um when I say hello to somebody, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing? How you and they, doing? And they say and they turn around and say to me, Oh, not too bad. What is it that you're just saying to yourself? I'm what? not too bad. Define too bad. Right. And then you, the same people want to sit there and gripe about people that are negative Nellies or, you know, that, that are doing that. You don't realize you're sucking your own energy out of the room. You know, how are you doing today? You know, if you're having a bad day, maybe it's better to say, you know, actually I'm having a bad day. And then let the person across from you figure out how they want to deal with it. Tell them true. You know, whatever. It's not a great day to be me, but at the same point, but here's what happens. Now that negativity flies out. The universe is like going, okay, that's what he felt. The, the universe or spirit or whatnot is not, when we're talking energy, it is inanimate. It moves, it goes, it frees, it flows or whatnot. But it doesn't go, oh, he was kidding. (laughs) Energy doesn't do that. It's just like electricity running through the walls. Like, oh, he didn't really mean to plug his fork into the thing. So I'm not going to shock his butt across the room. You know, it's one of those things. And that's what energy does. So when we say I had a bad habit of saying, you know, uh, because I grew up being told or hearing, you know, didn't a little voice ever tell you, hey, stupid, you're going to get in trouble. And so I equated with stupid. So I grew up when I made a mistake going, 
man, that was stupid. And it wasn't until later in life where I had to go, wait a minute. I literally would start verbalizing out loud. <clears throat> I am not stupid. I made a mistake. And the beauty is I'm smart enough to fix it or to know who to call. And it started changing things. It started changing everything. And it starts with the small things. But words are power. And, and we need to realize that. So remember, when somebody says, how you doing today? Maybe you should just say, I am awesome. Absolutely. Because even if you're not, you're putting it out there to the world that you are, and you're opening up the possibility to get that beautiful energy back. You know, when I was a bus driver, we, we whenever you got into trouble, if you, if you had a minor thing and stuff, it's easy for you to say, and this and this actually is a, a, micro, a microcosm for life. If you say to yourself, "Gosh, I did something really that wasn't very smart," or, or it was a it was a problem or whatever, I want you to remember something. There is nothing that you have ever done or ever will do that hasn't been done before. Ain't that the truth, brother? So, so don't don't take it so personally when you do something that is not to your highest good because it's been done before and probably much better than you're doing it. So just relax and enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I remind people, people get so caught up. Oh, I think I hurt somebody in this guilt or whatnot. You know what? I guarantee you the person you hurt has hurt somebody else. We're all human. Okay. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so what you got to do is say, I'm sorry. But then you've got to accept your own apology and move on. Once you say, I'm sorry for making a mistake or doing something, it's on the person that you did this to of what they're going to do with that. That's no longer in your control. So just come from sincerity one time and move on. I learned a long time ago. Of course, I haven't been here that long. You're much older than I am. But I learned a while ago. <laughs> I learned a while ago that that it doesn't, that at the end of the day, none of it matters. What, what matters is that you're doing the best that you can every day to be the best person you can, to be kind, to be loving, to be, to be caring, to be peaceful, and, and do, just do the best you can. You're human. You're not going to make it every time. But if you keep working at it, you will have more success. What do you think about that, Rev? You know, I, I, I agree. What you put out, you get back. Bangarang. It's the whole principle. Keep working. Say what do you want. Manifesting. We could have another whole show on manifesting. I don't want to talk to people about manifesting, but it's going to take more time than what we have left now. Okay? But one of the things I remind people when you get so caught up in something, materialistic things especially, I'm a failure. We're measured. I need this. I need that. You know what? And one of the times it really hit me was the actor Paul Newman. All right. So many things, whole food lines, everything this man did when he died, uh, there wasn't a hearse or the, his hearse didn't pull a U-Haul. None of it with, with him. Everything's here, and everything he did here is now on its own merit, all right? 
but do you think he gave a crap from that point on in that that's not what we're about you know so think about that in your success in life where are you at and start looking at happiness and gratitude and that will help you change the world i pulled some cards here and i got the full the seven of pentacles and then the four of cups and one of the things i think that fits right to what we're talking about the fool take a chance try something new take a leap of faith and start looking at what's going on around you and say you know what there's got to be a better way the seven of pentacles is there talking about don't keep spinning in circles we have to do something different okay if you What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And once we start trying something different, then we can come into the lap of luxury and, 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 and learn to be happy and to love wherever or whatever we're at. See, and that's what I mean. That's what I, I was telling you guys, that, that uh, he's very gifted at uh, doing cards. And uh, we've only got... A couple minutes left, but uh, one of the things that we are going to do that we talked about, uh, Reverend Rob, was we were going to talk about the date and what the significance of the date and what the, what that means going forward. Do we have to? We've got two minutes left. Do we have two time to left. do that? I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to do tomorrow. Okay, so four seven April being the number four, a good base, a good solid foundation. Learning what's happening. Seven is always reassess. Take a look stop don't rush in so tomorrow might be a better day before you make any rash decisions check your options see what's going on the four and the seven come together to 11 and 11 and the six of 2022 becomes 17 that 17 add those together we get an eight so we look at the full energy of the breakthrough of, of establishing a good base the reassessment and that 18 what i say seven is an eight okay right. It's talking about slow down, listen, you might need to learn something new. And at the same time, you might need to teach somebody else something. So tomorrow is going to be a great day to take a look, reassess, maybe even reassess what you're thinking, what you know, and you might be able to learn something new. You know, and I just want to stress that he did those numbers without even a calculator. Yeah, that's, there are people that used to be able to do that. Now everybody needs a calculator to count change back. It's just frightening. I am um, a Mel High graduate. Well, actually not. I got a GED. So no, I'm, you know. He got a GED, and then when he was 50, he went and did something stupid and got his master's degree. Can you imagine? Absolutely. Seven years, are, uh, yes, yeah, seven to eight years, full-time, right through school, going from a GED to a master's. And then another three years getting licensure, and I'm waiting on the state of Florida as we speak. So uh, for a licensed clinical social worker. Don't know if I'm going to use it, though. I nope, like you're, you're going to be on the radio. That's what you're going to be doing. And you're going to be on the radio starting Monday, the 11th, from 2 to 4 Pacific and 5 to 7 um, Eastern time, and that is Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We're going to be chock full of some really talented people, and we're going to be talking to them, to you. You can call in. It's a full-blown, full-service radio show, so we hope that you'll be part of it. And I want to thank uh, Reverend Rob for allowing me to work with him. Um, um, and I, we're going to have to we're going to have to wrap it up now. You got. 10 seconds. Anything you'd like to add, Rob? We need your support. 
Go to positivetalkradio.net. Hit the donation button. We need your support and help. Hit the like button. Hit the share. We want to go syndicate it. I wish I'd have said that. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time right here on Positive Talk Radio. We'll see you on Friday at noon.